if you are a entrepreneur who finds yourself people pleasing in your business, I want you to cut that out. Okay. You need to remember that you also want to feel valued. You want to feel appreciated. You want to feel at ease. There's not a time where you should be working on your clients and stressed also about looking at the clock and stressed about, am I going fast enough? Am I going to get everything done? Am I going to have the space? Am I going to be comfortable and, and confident about the pieces that I'm creating? Am I even going to be proud of this work? I refuse to place on myself the emotional, physical, <laughs> mental burden of trying to deliver an experience that does not make sense. You're being paid for your your skill set. And if you can't deliver that skill set because the container that you are limited to requires for you to compromise on the quality of your work, then friend, in my opinion, it actually is doing not only your client a disservice, but even yourself, your business, your brand's reputation a disservice because you're putting work out there into the world that is not an accurate representation of what you like to do, what you aim to do, and the way that you intend to service your clients in general. Welcome to the Hennapreneur Podcast, the exclusive podcast of its kind, dedicated to giving you an honest look at the realities of making a living as a henna professional. I'm your host, Chelsea Stevenson, a tea-loving, shoe-collecting mother of three in constant search for the most poppin' pair of earrings and the perfect shade of red lipstick. I'm also a professional henna artist and business strategist who went from barely being able to piece together a fluid design to being the owner of the most celebrated henna boutique in my city. I'm on a mission to help henna professionals to harness their skills and grow vibrant, profitable businesses that they absolutely love. If you want to make more money with your art, you are definitely in the right place. Let's get to it. Hey, hey, Hennapreneurs. Welcome back to another episode of the Hennapreneur Podcast. Today, I am here to spill some tea. So today, I want to talk to y'all about an experience that I had in my business. So I'll take you a little bit behind the scenes around what it was like for me to navigate a situation with a client who, by no fault of my own, um, actually made it a little bit challenging for me to be able to serve her in the ways that I would have preferred simply because we had a miscommunication. So I want to talk to you about this because situations like these may come up where you are in your business and you're aiming to serve your clients with excellence and everything on your side is done according to your process and according to the ways that you would um, hope to serve and hope to um, engage your clients. And yet sometimes things happen where um, situations, uh, shift or circumstances come up that are unanticipated. And for whatever reason, you may find yourself in a place where you need to shift expectations with your with your clients or with your guests. And that can be really challenging to do in the moment, right? It can feel a little bit intimidating. And so I want to talk to you about how that has showed up in my business with a little story about a recent client that I had. So not too long ago, I was hired to service a bridal party, okay? And I was not hired to complete bridal henna. Um, the bride, as far as I knew it, was actually not going to um, be receiving services on that date whatsoever. But they were wanting to have me come out and service the guests. And this was something that was, per my policies, this was something that was booked um, at an hourly rate. I have a complete like intake system that gathers all the information that I need from my clients in order for me to be able to service them properly. 
and for me to also be able to plan, right? Sometimes you'll have uh, wedding uh, planners or event coordinators or a family member or friend um, who will be responsible for actually making the arrangements. But in this case, it was the bride herself who made the arrangement. And when she did this, she completed you know, my intake process and she provided me with the details of where I would be going to render these on-location services for her bridal party. She booked out months in advance. Everything really was according to plan. The booking process in and of itself went very smoothly. Um, she was not problematic at all in the um, in the booking process, which is always something that we want to look at, look at, right? We always want to kind of assess when we're bringing on new clients, especially when we're working with them at an hourly capacity. We want to see, you know, is this someone who's easy to work with? Do they follow instructions? Do they um, do they read the things that we send them? Do they respect our time, or are they someone who really like needs a lot of hand holding? Um, are they someone who needs? Um, to be babysat through the process of booking um, because clients like these are actually clients who I typically will will not actually accept onto my calendar. So um, everything seemed fine with her though. Everything was fine. Um, there were a couple of pieces that were kind of still in flux because she was booking out some months in advance. And so she'd let me know that if things were to change, that she would communicate those changes with me so that we could get the booking updated. Awesome. Great. So I touched base with her a couple weeks prior to the appointment. Everything seems great. Um, she and I have an exchange the day before the booking as well, um, where she's just like kind of confirming last details. I'm like, okay, perfect. You know, everything looks great. Everything was going according to plan. And as far as I knew, we were all set. So the day of the booking, I, you know, pack up my gear and I get ready to go and I am anticipating that I'll be there for a number of hours. And when I arrive at the location, at the address that she provided me, it seemed like very, it was very quiet. There were not many vehicles outside. And because I already had an idea of how many guests were to be there, I was a little bit confused and I wasn't sure what was going on. Um, the address that she gave me was for her home. And so it wasn't like there was parking, you know, somewhere else where people would be like at a, a, a separate reserved lot. And so the only kind of thing that I could think of was that perhaps she had booked for me to come earlier than the other people. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it will happen where you'll have a client who will um, select a particular start time and then their guests arrive late or um, maybe they as a group have gone to, um, you know, complete any other item or tasks that they may have. Maybe they were still, you know, caught up at the salon or they were caught up with whatever other to-do items that they have, right? Um, and so sometimes that can afford um, a situation or yield a situation where they are arriving late to the scheduled start time. And so things like this, friends, by the way, let me just pause right here and say things like this are things that also need to be addressed inside of your contracts. Like if you're not working with a contract, you definitely want to make an adjustment there. We definitely want to change that because things like these are very commonplace and you want to make sure that your time and your money um, are being protected um, in the event that things like this come up. And next thing you know, you're sitting outside waiting for people who have not arrived and um, you're not able to get started on time, for example. So uh, by the way, if you don't yet have contracts or if you're looking for contracts, you can always check out um, the contracts that are available in the shop um, over on the Hennapreneur site. So just hennapreneur.com slash shop. You can grab anything from a prenatal contract to a service contract, um, bridal contract, uh, you know, parties and events contract, fully customizable, ready for you. They're all right there. Do you want more bookings with clients who say things like, do whatever you want, I love all of your work, and who rave about how amazing your art is to anyone who'll listen? You know, the ones who respect your time, pay your rates without flinching, come back over and over again, 
and who leave a juicy, generous tip to boot? If the thought of filling your client list with people like this has you screaming, yes, please, then friend, I want you to head over to hennapreneur.com slash BBC. That's hennapreneur.com slash BBC and get registered for my next business bootcamp like yesterday. The business bootcamp is perfect for hennapreneurs who want more bookings with better clients at higher rates and who want to feel like a boss from start to finish. From smart marketing to designing like a pro, from swoon-worthy bookings to savvy banking, the nine-week business bootcamp has the support and guidance that you need to jumpstart your business in the right direction. See are limited and we kick off the next cohort soon. So visit hennapreneur.com slash BBC to get registered now. Let's get back to the story. So I am looking around and I'm thinking to myself, what's going on? Like there, no, no one's here. And I go to the door, no one answers the door. And I'm, you know, I'm knocking at the door. I see that there's like a setup outside in the backyard um, that was there. So I, I kind of like peek around. No one is present. I'm like, what's, what's really going on here? You know, I know I'm definitely in the right place because they have um, some signage outside and there's like some traditional things that are placed outside um, that are very typical for when, you know, an Indian bride is getting married. And so um, I knew that I was in the, it wasn't a question of if I had arrived to the wrong place. This is definitely the right address but they definitely were not here. So I start making phone calls, right? I uh, reach out to her um, at the phone number that was provided in her intake um, and no one answers. So I leave a number of text messages. um, I leave a number of voice messages also. And um, I reach out via email as well to the email address through which we had been communicating. And um, this time is just passing. And I know because I traveled a little bit of a distance to reach her, I don't want to turn back and go home just yet. Um, I do have a clause in my contract around when there's a late start time. And so I wasn't very concerned about, um, about that. My thought was, I'm going to hear from her any minute now. And she's going to say, we're around the corner. I'll be right there. I'm so sorry, whatever. But that's not what happened. Instead, what happens is I receive, finally, after probably a good 25 to 30 minutes, I receive a frantic phone call from the groom. <laughs> from the groom. And he's asking me um, where I am because he's trying to give me directions on where to park outside. And he's saying to me things like, there's a valet, we've already paid for, you know, we've paid for your parking, you just have to pull in, unload, you know, unload whatever items you have and come inside. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, because the address that I have is actually a home address, and I'm here, and no one is here. And he is mortified, because um, someone, someone dropped the ball. Who that is, I don't know. To this day, I don't know. And it really, it doesn't matter, right? Ultimately, I was hired and told to arrive at a specific time at a specific location. And I did that. And whoever <laughs> was responsible for making sure that that was the correct venue didn't do that. So he tells me, um, I am so, so sorry. We are not there. We are not headed there. We have a venue over here in the city. And so their home is outside of my city, but the venue that they're at is inside of my city. And so now I'm looking at a commute, right? So we're already, you know, about 20, 25 again, somewhere between 25, 30 minutes late. And I now have a commute of an additional probably 30 minutes or so to get to them. So we've already lost an hour of our time. And I know that there's a certain number of guests that I'm in, you know, I'm expected to attend to, but how does one do that, right? When now I've, I've lost the time that's going to allow me the capacity and the space to do it. And so, um, I arrive to the, um, 
you know, I arrive to the new venue and when I get there, there are tons of guests. Um, it's a beautiful setup. It's, it's, you know, it's gorgeous. The bride is gorgeous. The, everyone is gorgeous. Um, and also they don't have anything set up for me. There's no table. Um, there's no plan for where I'm going to be. And all of these things are identified in the contract. So um, here also is a situation where, you know, I've got someone who you've sent me to the wrong place, but also when I arrive at the new place, you don't have what's necessary yet for me to actually get started. So then I have to wait, right? I'm waiting again for them to organize the space for me, make, you know, make make room for me, set me up out, you know, outside and get me, get me ready so that I can actually begin working. And as they are setting up the things, you know, I have a conversation with the bride and I let her know, Hey, this, you know, this is what's going on. Um, and you hired me for a certain number of, uh, you know, a certain number of hours. And I would love to be able to fulfill what it is that you hired me to do. But the time frame that now that we have now to work within is actually not going to work. So, you know, what would you like for me to do? And um, at that point, she said, you know, okay, we can add a little bit of extra time. Um, and they, you know, add one extra hour to compensate for the hour that was lost. So I begin working and I, you know, complete these guests. And as I am, you know, starting to work on these earlier guests um, in the quote unquote line, I then start to hear some chatter about the bride getting her henna done. And so she comes over with some photos of full bridal henna that she was also expecting to get done at this, you know, at this event. And I had to let her know this was not included in our contract. Um, and this is definitely not included in the time that we have, the time, you know, allotment that we have here. So I can do it for you, sure. Um, if you'd like for me to do, a, you know, bridal pieces for you, then that's also going to mean that we're going to find ourselves again back in this situation where I'm not able to complete services for all of the guests that you have here. So let me know, like, what's priority? Where do we want to go from here? And the reason why I share this with you is because sometimes you will find yourself in a situation with a client where they have expectations that are unreasonable. And while this is a lovely bride, and she really was, her, she, her family, everyone was, I mean, it was, it was a wonderful time there with them. She had some expectations that were not realistic. It's not realistic for me to be able to, in a two, three hour period, complete complete bridal henna for you, um, you know, both hands, both sides and feet, and also want me to do your guests, your, you know, within the bridal party. And also those guests who came who are kind of like outside of the bridal party, those, you know, friends, family, the more distant family and so forth. So sometimes you have instances like these where you have a client whose expectation is not aligned with reality. And many times when I hear from, you know, from my students or when I hear from entrepreneurs about um, experiences that they have with clients where things start to go left, many times the artist will choose to um, be shy about it, right? Because we don't want to, we don't want to create any issue. We don't want to create conflict. We don't want to disappoint our clients. Um, and so what do we do? Instead of saying, hey, this expectation that you have of me is not something that makes sense. <laughs> Instead, we say, okay, well, I'll figure it out. And we put our head down and we work harder and we work faster and we do, you know, everything that we can to deliver this experience to our client at expense of ourselves. And the reason why I was so called to share this particular story with you is because if you are a entrepreneur who finds yourself people pleasing in your business, I want you to cut that out. Okay. So when you are serving your clients, 
you need to remember that you also want to feel valued. You want to feel appreciated. You want to feel at ease. There's not a time where you should be working on your clients and stressed also about looking at the clock and stressed about, am I going fast enough? Am I going to get everything done? Am I going to have the space? Am I going to be comfortable and, and confident about the pieces that I'm creating? Am I even going to be proud of this work? And this is my thing. I'm not going to go in and work um, with a client and, and yield them designs that I don't feel good about just because they have an unrealistic expectation. I refuse to place on myself the emotional, physical, <laughs> mental burden of trying to deliver an experience that does not make sense, right? Our clients are paying us for a particular experience and they're paying us for a particular level of quality. They're paying us for our expertise. And it is our job as experts to say, hey, I get your vision and I'd love to help you create that vision. And also, if you want that vision to pan out the way that you are envisioning it, we're going to need more time. We're going to need more space. I am going to need a better setup. I'm going to need better lighting. Uh, no, this table is not acceptable. And we have to express what those needs are. And we don't have to feel shy about the fact that we require more. You're being paid for your, your skill set. And if you can't deliver that skill set because the container that you are limited to is such that it requires for you to compromise on the quality of your work, then friend, in my opinion, and you're welcome to leave this if you don't agree, but in my opinion, it actually is doing not only your client a disservice, but even yourself, your business, your brand's reputation a disservice because you're putting work out there into the world that is not an accurate representation of what you like to do, what you aim to do, and the way that you intend to service your clients in general, right? And so... Many times, entrepreneurs will, felt, will feel self-conscious about the fact that they're unable to deliver what is already an unrealistic expectation, and I would like for us to settle into the knowing that it is okay for us to say no. Boundaries are so important, and boundaries exist even in the context of how we engage our clients when we're working with them. Some clients do not understand this concept of having a boundary. Some clients do not understand this concept of um, respecting our time or, or being aware of um, what it is that we need in order to do our jobs well. And that's not on them, right? Honestly, that's not that's not their job to do. It's not their job to think about those details. That's on us as the service providers. That's on us as the business owners. And so we need to be taking account of those things and then communicating those things to our clients in a very clear and concise way so that they can make an informed decision. So coming back to the story, I have this conversation with her where I say, hey, this is actually not part of our contract. First of all, I don't service brides at events. This is something that is not, it would be a very rare exception that I would accept a bride under those circumstances. I have a very specific uh, process for when I'm completing bridal henna, and it does not include doing it outside in the heat in front of your 6 million guests. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's not a thing that I do um, because it, it's not for my comfort. I'm not going to produce my best work there and you only get this day once. So I don't want to um, create something subpar for you. Even if perhaps she would be happy with it, I wouldn't be happy with it. And that also matters to me as an artist, right? And so, you know, I had this conversation with her about the fact that, you know, we did not, um, and actually I'm going to pause. 
This conversation I actually did not have with her. I ended up having the conversation with the groom because she was being busy. Like I began the conversation with her and then someone came to kind of take her away because she needed to, you know, get ready because they were going to be doing the dances soon and they were going to be doing this soon and that soon, which key like point prime example of reasons why reasons why I won't service brides at events like these because they're not set up to be conducive for the work that we do. So I ended up having to finalize this conversation with the groom actually and explain to him, okay, listen, between the time that was lost um, with the location and also the time that was lost um, you know, with getting set up here. And now this expectation for me to complete bridal henna for her, in addition to your, you know, your VIP, what I call VIP guests, and then also the extra guests that are, that are present here, there's no way that I'm going to be able to get all of this done within the time container that you have, even when we add that one hour back in. And, um, at the time when I was servicing this event, it was actually also during Ramadan. So I was fasting. I needed to break my fast at a certain time. I would have liked to get home at a certain time, right? Like I uh, physically also wanted to be respectful of my body's needs. And so um, I ended up having to have this conversation with him and um, and we had to prioritize. So I had to tell him, look, th if this is the expectation, if this is what we'd like to do, then these are the options that I can offer you. I can work you know, X number of additional hours, I can go up until this time. And when I go up until this time, this is what you can anticipate from me. So no, we're not going to be able to do bridal henna up to the elbows, but we could do something up to the wrist. You know, I can go up to her bangles and that would be, you know, sufficient. Um, no, I'm probably not going to be able to complete her feet for her, but you know what I can do? I'm happy to, um, you know, create the outlines for her so that if she wants to go back in this part, this bride, uh, wanted to do like a very traditional, um, just like a simple circle um, on the tops of her feet, like a mandala type of um, design on this on the top of her feet. It was just filled. Um, and so that's like a very rustic application. You could do that at home. The question really is, can you do a can you do a, a circle properly? Right. So I suggested, you know, I would be happy to do the outline for her. And I'm even happy to create like a little bit of a border for her if she wants to get a little extra. But I'm not going to be able to do full on, you know, feet for her either. Like this is not this is not the time nor the place, nor do I have the container or the capacity to yield that to her. And so uh, after having a conversation with the groom, he um, he told me, okay, these are the things that we that will settle on, right? We came up with a plan and then I was able to execute that plan for them. And we ended up having a lovely time. The bride got her henna done. All of the guests who wanted henna got their henna done. I was able to service everyone within the time. We did have to add some extra time on um, because there was a shift in expectation. Um, and I was paid upfront for that. Let me pause right here and say, listen, friends, if there's a change in expectation or and or in the service that you're rendering, and that's going to require that you be compensated more get your money first before you render that service, right? So we had this conversation, we make the appropriate changes, and I um, receive payment, and then I begin to work, okay? So um, this is something that I, I I share with you all because sometimes it can be hard to navigate these conversations around expectation. It can be hard to um, feel like, you know, am I doing the right thing? Am I saying the right thing? Is it um, is it aggressive of me um, to, to quote unquote stand up for myself, right? Um, is it appropriate for me? Yeah, absolutely. It's always appropriate for you to, to advocate for your business. It's always appropriate for you to advocate for the needs that you have in order to for you to be able to service your clients in the best capacity, right? And in the ways that make you feel really good and proud of your work. And 
I want to kind of give a little bit of a bonus thing here. And that is that there are people who, while granted this particular situation was definitely one that was a mistake. (laughs) Someone dropped the ball. Now we're trying to you know, clean it up and fix it and make sure that the bride is happy. But there are actually people out there who will, (laughs) I don't want to say intentionally cause uh, confusion, but there are people who will do this um, with the expectation that you in front of mixed company will feel obligated to uh, yield to their expectation. Uh, You'll feel obligated to say yes, because you know, the disappointment of all of the people there would be too much for you to bear. And this is why, <laughs> this is why I say it's so important for us to, to be willing to apply boundaries with our clients and be willing to express what it is that we need in order for, for us to do our jobs well. Because without that, um, you just create a container in which you end up leaving that situation feeling resentful, uh, feeling used, feeling frustrated, feeling stressed. And I never, ever, ever want for you to have those feelings when you're working with a client. I want you to love the work that you do. And I want you to love the clients that you're working with, right? And love the business that you're building. So I'm interested to hear from you. Um, Have you had a situation where you've gone into um, an appointment or a booking, um, a party, an event, whatever, with a particular expectation? um, And then when you arrived, found that things had changed. What did you do about it, right? Did you address it? Did you put your head down and just get to work? Did you um, stay behind and not get paid? Like, what happened? (laughs) Tell me what happened. You can tell me all about it over in the Headpreneur community on Facebook. If you're not already a member, yo, join us over there. It's a great place. But tell me how that played out for you. And if you walked away from this episode with any new insights or things that you'll be adding into your processes um, or adopting perhaps in the way that you um, engage with your clients, I'd love to hear about that too. All right, I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye for now. Hey friend, I just want to give you a quick thank you for tuning into this episode of the Hennapreneur podcast. And I hope that you're really enjoying connecting with me in this way. You can find links to all of the content shared today in the show notes located at hennapreneur.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed the show and would like to stay in the loop with Hennapreneur, be sure to subscribe to the podcast too. You'll get access to all of the new episodes and to surprise bonus episodes as well as soon as they're released. I'd be so grateful to you if you take a moment to rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. This helps me to reach more artists like you who would love and benefit from the show. For more ways to connect and work with me or to join me inside of the Hennapreneur community, pop over to hennapreneur.com. I can't wait to support you as you chase your big audacious goals, one henna design at a time.